Kia ora e te iwi, no mai haramaiki inside netball Coravinda Hunia Toku Ingoa. Round 10 of the ANZ Premiership was full of upsets and milestones and here to talk with me all about it is former Silver Fern mid-quarter Courtney Tairi and our newly crowned 100 domestic <laughs> cap player Storm Purvis Kia ora korua. Oh, kia ora Rav. <laughs> kia ora. Look let's get right into it Storm, big highlight for me this round was you receiving those flowers, that little framed presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rev. I'm glad I've given everyone a bit of entertainment from the round. <laughs> Everyone's turning it into this massive deal, and, and at the time I just really didn't want it to be, but now in reflection I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. That's all right. Talk to us about the call-up, because obviously we're here... Cool. Yeah, we're working here, you know, week in, week out, and we know that players... I'm half expecting a Dean, Courtney, and, you know anyone and everyone to be given these call-ups. Describe the process and how you eventually got out on court. Um, I, I've had the phone call a few times this season and it's an, I've kind of tried to say no quite a bit. Um, tactics approached me first and I very nearly took the court for the tactics and then that game was postponed due to COVID and then over time it just hasn't worked out and I haven't really like wanted to do it enough to really try and make it work. So when the two games that I was going to do were cancelled, I was like, okay, sky's open up, that's, you know, I'm happy with my 99, it's fine, it's not meant to be. And then, it must have been last Friday, I was sitting in the office just around the corner and I had a call from Kiz, you know, letting me know that Scar had uh, caught COVID that morning. It was about midday, 1, one or 2 p.m. And she said, we're, we're getting in the van at 4 p.m., I need you to play tomorrow. <laughs> Can you do it? I was like, oh, I've got my best friend's 30th. She's like, well, the game's at 2 p.m. I was like, oh, well, I'm still at work. And she's like, well, you can come down tomorrow morning. And it just, I, I tried to say no and just couldn't. So um, I think because it was the stars, I was just more willing to, to do it because obviously retired with them um, and still really close to a lot of the girls and kids, Kitty Wills. So, yeah, just... I don't know, loaded up on Diclofenac, Voltarens the night before, got up early, drove down. Wasn't expecting to play as much as I did. Um, and Kayla Johnson was still not feeling very well. Mm. So I could get this text the morning of, just a heads up, I'm starting you. <laughs> so it was like a total whirlwind and I was just like, don't think about it, go out and have fun. And that coincided with what Kitty Will's team's team talk was, just have fun. You know, they were at a stage in the season where it had a really sort of up and down few weeks and um, I think Kitty just wanted to bring the fun back into the game. So that worked out really well for me. And it was fun, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Was not expecting to play the full 60, so I'm barely walking at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. Storm, how did you find it being out on court and I guess the intensity of the ANZ? Because we watch it week in, week out, we talk about it, but you actually do know now how it does feel to be out there. Yeah, to be honest, um, A, it was all a bit of a blur, Courtney, like it, I can't really remember and reflect properly, but I think the warm-up was the hardest part and the intensity of doing a warm-up again, and then once we got out there, um, Mills and I, because I was up against Amelia Ann, obviously, who's you know still coming back, and I think that might have been one of her first 60-minute performances, we had a wee joke about being back out there and what it's like, because I had had COVID three weeks prior to that, what it's like coming back from COVID and when you get your second win, so that kind of calmed it down a little bit um, but the speed I mean it was Bailey Mears really that I had the most issues with because she's just so nippy and, and has so much strength and speed on the court so you know if you watch the game you would have noticed that I went out for a whole lot of ball that I was just never going to get <laughs> and I kept getting done by Mills on the same pop to the top of the circle and I was thinking Storm you've watched this happen over and over again but you just you, those are the little things like timing and stuff that you forget 
in terms of your movement on court, it's like riding a bike. Like it didn't, it didn't feel, I didn't feel that out of place. Um, but it wasn't until the last quarter that I actually got any balls. So clearly it took me the full 45 minutes to actually get back in the, in the groove. But it was a really cool game to be a part of, mostly to see the stars really pull out um, their best play in the attacking end, you know, standing down in the prime position at the goalkeeper, bib down the other end of the court. I was like, yes, this is amazing. Gina, Mila, Maya. Um, that was really cool to see and experience on the ground, just how um, fast and skillful these players are at the moment. Well, it was an absolute treat to see you back out there, Storm, and we're so happy you were able to crack the triple figures and, and just get that one last cap. Um, that little feather to your bow, so congratulations. Thank you, that. we'll stop talking about it <laughs> we'll, done. We'll, we'll, we'll carry on talking about it, but just not, not your okay. experience with it. But it, it takes us to uh, another part of the show now where we want to discuss about these replacement players who have come in. Um, of course, COVID has you know ravaged the competition this season. The ANZ Premiership has had to adjust. So here to talk to us a little bit more about those changes and how the competition has managed it is a representative of the New Zealand Players Association Steph Bond. Steph, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Look, we're discussing replacement players, things that the competition have had to adjust to because of it being such, you know, a COVID-disrupted year. And we wanted to get your thoughts on things as we have a few questions, naturally. Look, do you think that the competition is starting to perhaps play its toll physically on players? Yeah. I think absolutely it is. There's no doubt that we're now in a position where we have a number of games back to back with only a few weeks to go in the competition. I think we always knew we'd be at this position, but it probably isn't until you actually get into it that you actually understand how much impact and, and I guess load and how it's going to, you know, how players are going to um, really react to it. And I think we've seen a couple of injuries in the last few games. And so, it's a, it's a real challenge and it's a real challenge for the players, but it's also a real challenge for the management and everyone else who has to commit to these back-to-back -back games. So we knew what we were heading into, but I'm not sure we quite knew what it was going to be like and, and really what the next couple of weeks might hold. Of the 12 games left, Steph, uh, five of them the Steel are playing. In this kind of situation, are you needing to provide more assistance, particularly to the Steel or a team that's been in this situation at one moment of time? Yes, I think the Steel always get a rough end of the deal, to be honest. I know when we had them at Auckland Netball Centre during the lockdown COVID last year, they did the most travelling out of any team. So they are pretty resilient down there, to be fair. But we absolutely need to be making sure that their travel, their recovery, um, they've got enough support around them if they feel like they can't actually handle what's happening. That's really important. So having really open communication and being transparent and the players just being really open about how they're feeling and how their bodies are handling it is going to be very, very important in the next couple of weeks, especially in the you know the lead in into the Commonwealth Games. We don't want any more injuries. Now, Steph, we've seen uh, replacement players come in, obviously, and some playing for multiple teams. But how does that work in regards to you, in regards to contracts, payments and all that kind of stuff that we don't really know about? Yeah, at the start of the season, actually, we looked at um, the impact that COVID was having and we realised that teams were going to have to have more players coming in and out of the environment more frequently. So what we actually did is we put together a replacement player pool. And so anyone who's not contracted to a team at the moment can be part of that pool. So any NNL player or anyone is sitting in and around, as you'd know, Storm, you're probably one of those. Um, and 
basically what it meant is any of those players could be called upon at any time to play for any team. And as we've seen Liana play back to back in the weekend with two different teams, we just had to adapt this year. And that's pretty much what we did. We also made a short term contract so players could come in just for three days to play for a team and then go to another team. So we've just had to, I guess, adapt how we're looking at it, making sure we're still looking after the players at the same time, but actually enabling player, making sure that player welfare and well-being is at the forefront. Steph, when you talk about players uh, coming in uh, at any given time, and as you mentioned, Liana coming in for two games, how does that work into the finals series? Usually um, you're playing a certain amount of games before you qualify to play in a finals, but with the likes of Liana, is she allowed to play for two teams come the finals? Like, What are the stipulations around that? Yeah, that's actually a very good question that we probably haven't even thought about, to be perfectly honest with you, (laughs) and something that we might need to, because you do normally have to play a couple of games for each team before you can actually make the semi-finals and finals. So it's something we probably need to nail down with Netball New Zealand in terms of the rules. We have taken away the capture rules, so you can't get captured by a team now if you play for them for two games. Usually, if you played for a team for two games and you were with that team. So that has been taken away, but it's something we probably need to think about, to be honest, for the finals. What has the sort of reaction been from um, other coaches and team members working at the Players Association? Have you had coaches come in and kick up a fuss about, you know, the likes of me or Liana coming back, or is everyone just on board given the situation we're in? Oh, Storm, that's a bit personal, isn't it? Um, I think, (laughs) to be honest with you, as you know, it's always challenging um, with replacement players coming into any environment. And I think it's all about open and honest conversations. You've got to keep the opportunities open for your young ones. You've got to get them to understand where the coach is coming from, what's best for the team. There's pros and cons of bringing back experienced players, Storm, in terms of bringing their experience back into the environment, but also, I think, keeping those younger players on board because they are our future and they are the ones that are going to be there in years to come. So I think it's making sure that we actually create an environment where they still feel happy that we're bringing in other players, but they're also being able to keep getting opportunities on the court. Steph, in your opinion, how has Netball New Zealand and ANZ and all the franchises managed COVID and if you were to give it a rating out of 10? Well, we're putting me on the spot this morning. Um, (laughs) I think, to be fair, it's been a bit of a process and we've all been learning. At at the start of the season, there have been some things that we probably didn't do well. We haven't done return to play well um, from the start, but we've learned what has gone wrong and we've changed. Same with postponements. We've learned what has happened and how what we now need to assess moving forward to make sure that actually we're looking after the, the whole person and the whole team to make sure postponements fit within the season. So I think I would give us as a whole maybe a six or seven out of 10, but getting towards 10, it's definitely, as you know, COVID throws things at you. We never knew that we were going to have this many um, postponements, to be honest. So it's just about actually having to adapt every week and change what we're doing. Yeah, we really appreciate that, Steph, and we appreciate your time. I think at the beginning of the season, we were all very excited about the, you know, about replacement players coming in, no matter where they're from. But with everything, it asks questions and situations keep evolving. So we do appreciate you coming in to explain those finer details to us. No worries. You might have a few more details to sort out by the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Nā mihi anō kia koe, Steph, for that koirero. Some great insight there on that issue. Look. 
Fano, we got some striking news uh, this week. We knew that the Mystics were going to be uh, making an announcement, but we weren't quite sure what that announcement was going to be. Of course, it turns out Mystics head coach Helene Wilson will be stepping down at the end of the 2022 season. And while we celebrate, you know, her tenure with the club, now the rumour mill starts a turning about who will take her place. Courtney, how did you take the news? Yeah, I was quite surprised, uh, but I do think it is hard for coaches to know when to leave. And I think Colleen's got a great opportunity with High Performance Sport New Zealand. She has been at the Mystics for six or seven years now. And I think, um, as you said yesterday, she's got them to a place where she's comfortable in leaving and they are successful and she knows that she can leave and they can still carry on. So for me, I think it was quite surprising. She said the players are very surprised. But I do think it is a great opportunity for her. And I think it is great that she is leaving while the Mystics are in such a great place. Yeah, and I guess the timing for Helene. I was really shocked. Jenny mm. Woods and I were texting like, what do you think the announcement's going to be? And <laughs> she'd said, I think Helene will be leaving. I said, no, there's no way. Because Helene lives and breathes this mystic side and it's coaching is so important to her. But, you know, she talked about her two teenage boys. One of them has one more year left in high school. Um, we forget as a coach, you're losing weekends for, you know, months of the year. And you know, coaches don't stop thinking about their netball teams, and especially Helene, it's yeah. just in her. So um, I think, obviously, this opportunity, you know, leading women's sport at high-performance sport also ticks all Helene's boxes. She's a great person for that role, so passionate about, um, you know, the cause, and, and she's already mentored a lot of coaches. She's helped mentor um, the Phoenix women's new coaches, a, a hockey coach who was a former black stick, so I feel like she naturally a progression into a role like this really suits her and yeah she just wants some family time you know she's been at the Mystics seven years ten years with Netball Northern in the zone before that you know she took the under 23 Northern team to their first national title um, I remember her way back at Dio uh, she was my <laughs> assistant coach when I was like 14 um, she was my New Zealand secondary school coach in 2010 so she's been around coaching a really really long time and um, we just I guess don't appreciate that so it was a surprise but it makes sense when you kind of break it down. Yeah I, the, the first thing that sprung to my mind when that announcement was made was if we thought that the Mystics were already a little scary this season and doing so well imagine what they're going to be doing now knowing that this news is out there and wanting to play for their coach and really bring home that title for her in, in her final uh, season with the Mystics but have we thought about potential you know, maybe not those that will take over her because I think it's too too soon to maybe say that. But who is going to put their hand up and apply for this job? Because Helene stepping away opens up so many opportunities for other coaches, right, Court? Yeah, it does. And so I think they obviously have Rob Wright there. And I think he is great as assistant coach. And I think he would probably prefer to stay as assistant coach. So I'm not sure if he would put his hand up to go and take that head coach role. I mean, a few people have tossed up Temapata. Uh, but she's coaching over on the Gold Coast and she's signed up over there, plus her son is playing for the Titans. But I think she'd be a great option, but whether or not she's already tied uh, to the Gold Coast Titans team, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people that would be putting their hands up. I just not, I'm not sure who who's the right person for the job, but I think they have to combine well with Rob Wright and I think he'll stay as assistant.
Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rob has already signed the dotted line that he will be assistant coach next year because you know Courts, he's, he's made it pretty clear that the assistant coach role is what he wants to do, that kind of specialist input here and there. Um, I totally agree with you. I really hope Bubby comes back for it. Yeah. I know she chased this or took up this role over in the Gold Coast because she really wanted a head coaching role. You know, she had her stint at the Stars being assistant um, and obviously probably could have been the NNL Marvel's coach or sorry the Comets coach but this you know setting up a new team and, and being a part of that setup over in the Gold Coast and as you said um, her son's there too Coco but I really think she will be wanting this knowing Bubby and knowing that you know she wants a head coaching role in this kind of setup she went over to Australia to develop herself in these kind of positions if she can break her contract courts if there's an opportunity there I really think she'll do it um, I have no inside knowledge or inside word, but I really would not be surprised at all if there are conversations happening already. Really. Because also I can't really think of anyone else. Like a, a Rebecca, who has been their Marvel's mm -hmm. NNL coach, she's been around in that northern zone for a while. Um, a great option, but nothing really springs to mind. Uh, a coach, an NNL coach that sprung to mind for me was Central Manawa coach. Um, ah. Ms. Tasola, I thought she's she has been within the in and out, and you know, sitting there side by side with the vet for a little while now. So they've had great she, success, right? exactly, exactly. So I'm wondering, maybe this is a, an opportunity for her to apply and step up, or does she want to stay with the central region and continue to grow what she's been a part of for a long time? And maybe she's waiting for the vet to step away, and so she can come in. A, I don't know, but... Knowing the Northern Zone, they are really big on representing their region mm. and where they've come from and trying to instill, like we heard Helene talk about during the release yesterday, the importance of the culture and what mm. playing for the Mystics means. So I'm not saying they won't pull someone from a different zone, but I feel like um, a priority for them would be looking within their own zone first yeah. and their own you know, player pool from the past. And Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, true. Mm. But the door is wide open, so get applying, Fano. Once that job becomes available, we will be waiting Courtney, in anticipation. You Courtney, do it. it could be you. You're a great coach. It could be. <laughs> it could. I did. I mean, I was coached by Rob. I could just, you know, work alongside him. I do coach at Dio mm -hmm. and Nip, but uh, I don't think I'm ready for a head coaching role yet. <laughs> Maybe you could bump Rob up, and you could be his assistant. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could just be the face of it, the head, but it's actually really Rob behind closed. <laughs> <laughs> just take all the glory. That's the one, Courtney. Look, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're going to go back to our international segment now. The big five, New Zealand, Australia, England, Jamaica and South Africa have all featured at every Commonwealth Games since netball was included. But we tend to forget that so has Barbados. And Jenny has more. My pleasure to be here with Nisha Cradwell, the manager of the Barbados netball team. Nisha, thank you very much for your time. I thank you for having me. I'm indeed delighted to, to be here with you. Look, the interesting thing about Barbados is they have been at every Commonwealth Games since netball was admitted in 1998. How have you managed that? Yeah, so we, we actually aim to be at every Commonwealth. Um, this time around is a bit more difficult but we, we really focus on our ranking to ensure that whenever Commonwealth Games comes around, we're in the top 12 countries in, in the nation. This year, was, this time around, is a bit scary. We almost did not make it, but thankfully, um, our girls really pulled through and we're here, we're ready, we're practicing, we're excited, we're getting prepared to be in Birmingham. 
Now, you mentioned that oh-so-important ranking. How did you manage to keep it up? Because it's all about playing tests, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we've journeyed to Scotland in the cold in November, going into December, and then we were at the OECS Games in January, in February, where we played um, other teams here in the region. And that very important point took us to one, took, took us from 13th to 12th, and we were able to, to really seal the deal. So we were ranked 13th when, the, when it was cut off, and we barely made it just because Zimbabwe, the country that was ranked ahead of us, is not a Commonwealth nation. So we went that close to not making it. So we are so thankful to be part of these games. Well, talking about living on the edge. That's that's yeah. brilliant. Um, now tell me about your team. Have you picked your team yet or what? what's the position from here on in? No, our team has not been chosen as yet. There's still very much a squad and not necessarily a team because we, we still um, have in excess of 20 girls in training. As a matter of fact, they're training as we speak this evening. Um, so we have not announced our team. We're still um, narrowing it down to make sure that we have the best team available to us. What I must mention, though, we do have two players that I'm sure I can mention their names because they will be there for sure. That's our our. Current captain, Latonia Blackman, who has in excess of 150 caps. And then we have Shauna Azor Bruce, and she has just passed the 100th mark. So very experienced players, and, and they, I'm sure they will be with us in Birmingham. Well, I can't imagine a Barbados team without Latonia Blackman in particular. Yes. Tell yes. me about her. I mean, how has she managed to stay so long in the game? She is just a, she's just a, a beautiful player. She's been with us um, from age 16. Um, she's been to several World Cups. Um, I've, I've actually lost count. And she leads the team from out front. She's an excellent, um, she has played every position. So she has that record of playing every position for Barbados. You're not going to find many teams or many countries who has a player who can play at the international level and be outstanding and on at all seven positions on the court. But she does have that record. Now, I'm thinking too, particularly about shooters, perhaps. Um, uh, do you have, I, I think Azor Bruce is a shooter, isn't she? No, she's actually a defender. Ah. Yes. I think you might be you might be speaking about Shonika Wharton. So you have Indeed. the S's mixed up, yes. So Shonika Wharton is still very much a part of the squad. Um, I believe she she was we were calling her the long bomb shooter in the last netball World Cup because as long as she gets the ball, she just turns and she shoots. She's not the type of player who looks for a pass under the pole. She she's very accurate. So as long as she has a foot in the circle, she's ready to shoot. And how do you think your, your chances, as you mentioned, you have qualified, you know, last last cab off the rank. Uh, how do you think you'll go? I know it's difficult given that you haven't selected your final team, but what are yes. your thoughts? Well, we have as good a shot as any other team. Um, we're coming in as the lowest ranked team at number 12, but we are coming with a fighting chance to really improve and our players are as I said, we have a good mixture of, of um, experienced players, but we also have some very young players who are extremely 
talented. They represent Barbados in other sports. So we have um, some person just won a, a Carifta. This is athletic silver medal um, just around Easter. Um, we have persons who represented Barbados in basketball. So we, we have versatile players who are gifted athletes. So our chances are as good as any because they're team players. They have they, they fight to the very end. So I'm sure that we will be a force to reckon with in Birmingham. Look, one thing I will ask you about, and I know it's a common problem for netball all over the world, and that's money, funding. How yes. hard is it for you or your team to, to get to Birmingham? I must say that the government of Barbados and the Barbados Olympic Association, they, they very much support our team as, as it relates to getting to Birmingham. It is fully sponsored, fully support we're being fully supported by our Barbados Olympic Association so for us it was for, to just to qualify and the Barbados Olympic Association took the tab up and netball is the highest ranked team sport in Barbados and we are the largest female sport so we do get lots of support here and I believe that because of our track record we've been doing extremely well we try to to get up in the top 10 at all times we really get the support of the public and the government so we rely heavily on the, those entities the Barbados Olympic Association and the National Sports Council to get us to our tournaments. So I wonder when then Nisha is it easier perhaps to get to the Commonwealth Games than it might be to get if you qualify to the World Cup? Yes it is easier to get to Commonwealth Games because it is fully sponsored, fully supported by the Olympic Association. Netball World Cup um, even though we do get support from both entities um, it, it is not it is not that is mandatory for them to, to really support us but again because of our track record they really do put a lot of support into netball. Well, Nisha, I am really looking forward to seeing you and the rest of the Barbados team in July. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for having us. See you in Birmingham. Kia ora for that great interview, Jenny. And stay tuned. Every week we will have another nation represented in lead up to the Commonwealth Games, which is really, really fun. Fano, that is us for another week. Don't forget, as always, the ANZ Premiership will be coming to your screens live on Sky Sport Round 11 this weekend. We have four games slated, an extra one on Saturday to make up for those postponed matches. Do not miss it. Courtney, Storm, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you as always, Rav. Thank you. From us here, Matewa.